Chapter Twenty Six of Titus, a Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Middleton. Titus, a Comrade of the Cross, by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter Twenty Six. Stop here, commanded Yachtin ringing the bell at the massive portal loudly and imperatively as he spoke. After some delay the porter opened the door cautiously, for it was now late in the night, and peered out. "'Tell thy master to come down quickly,' cried Akadan impatiently, for he was weary. "'Ah, tis thou, worshipful lord,' said the man. "'I have orders to admit thee,' and he threw the door wide open. The two temple officers, together with Malchus and Yachadan, the two soldiers who were grasping the prisoner between them, and lastly, the betrayer, Judas, filed into the gateway. The others, obeying the command of Yachadan, waited outside. They had scarcely entered the great courtyard when Annas came hastily in. "'Thou hast the man!' he exclaimed joyfully, as his eye fell on Jesus. "'Tis well!' Then, turning to Judas, Thou art indeed a shrewd fellow, and much to be commended for the discreet way in which thou hast managed this affair. The thirty pieces of silver are thine. Take them, and be gone. We have no further need of thy services. And carelessly tossing the small purse toward the man, he drew nearer the prisoner, that he might feast his eyes on this welcome sight. Judas stooped, and snatching the purse from the ground, skulked out into the darkness. He had not once looked at Jesus, but he felt those eyes upon him. They were following him. The purse in his bosom burnt like a living coal. God! he shrieked aloud. And again and again he shrieked as he rushed madly on in the black night. His punishment had begun. Thou hast bound the man most carelessly, said Annas at length, drawing back as he spoke. He had intended to make a preliminary examination of the prisoner, but now he suddenly determined that it might be better to wait. He felt strangely shaken and faint. I'm an old man, he thought, and over-weary. I must spare myself. Besides, there is to me something most unpleasant about the aspects of this man, though he is quiet enough. Then he continued aloud. See thou to his bonds. Make them secure, then remove him to the house of Caiaphas. I myself will take some refreshment and be there at once. Is it thou, Peter? said a voice. Tis no other. Hark, have they gone? Where are the rest? Nay, I know not, said John sorrowfully. It was even as he said, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep are scattered. I know not why I fled. Twas a cowardly act. I am going to seek him. It may be that they will let him go in the morning. They will not let him go in the morning, nor at all, said Peter bitterly. But it may be that he will escape out of their hands. He hath the power, said John hopefully. He hath had the power, but what if he hath it no longer, answered Peter. He has said many things of late hard to be understood. Said he not, even as they bound him, it is your hour and the power of darkness? John was silent for a moment. Then he said in a firm voice, I shall find him. Will thou go also? Yes, I will go, said Peter gloomily, but 
what can we do alone? And where wilt thou seek him? At the palace of the high priest. I heard them give the order as they passed me in the darkness. The two men were silent as they strode rapidly on toward the city. It was no time for words, and each was absorbed in his own unhappy thoughts. This is the place, said John at length. We will go in, knocking upon the portal as he spoke. The door opened immediately. Peter shrank back into the darkness. Go thou in, he whispered. I will wait here. It may be that he is not there. John passed in without replying, and soon Peter heard the portress greet him by name as she closed the ponderous door. He leaned back against the stone wall, and the moments dragged slowly by. He was growing weary and cold. He half wished that he had gone in with John. I will go away, he thought. Then the words which he himself had spoken in a happier day flashed back into his mind, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Where indeed should he now go? All was gone. All lost. At this moment the door opened and John came out. Peter saw his face by the light which streamed from the open passageway. It was pale and grave. He is there, he said. Even now they are questioning him before the high priest. Will that come in? Yes, answered Peter. I will go in. John spoke briefly with the portress, and she admitted them both, looking curiously at Peter as he passed. Go in yonder, she said, pointing with her finger. Ah, there is a fire, said Peter. I am cold. And without waiting for John, he walked rapidly toward the cheerful blaze, around which stood a number of persons. He shivered as he spread his hands over the fire and glanced furtively about him. He saw nothing of Jesus. Presently, feeling more at his ease, he sat down, as did some of the others. They were all talking among themselves. Hast thou seen Malchus? said one. Yes, I have seen him. Didst thou know that one of the disciples of the Nazarene smote off his ear? No. Tis it so? broke in another. He smote it off with a single blow of his sword, continued the speaker, and the Nazarene touched the wound, and it was whole. What meanest thou? The ear? In truth, just as it was before the blow was struck. A marvel indeed, but not more wonderful than many of the other tales they tell of him. Why do they seize the man and bring him hither? What hath he done amiss? For one thing, he has spoken against the priesthood. In my own hearing he called them no better than whited sepulchres, fair without, but within, full of pollution. Little wonder, then, that they are his enemies. He should have been more discreet. Aye, but there is truth in his words, said the first speaker, sinking his voice. I know many things myself, which, if told, would make a pretty scandal. The truth should not always be spoken, replied the other. Even a lie is useful at times. The man laughed loudly, with a knowing leer at his companion. Did they seize the fellow who was so ready with his sword, said another? Peter shrank back a little from the light and wished himself safely outside. Before anyone had a chance to answer the question, the portress sauntered leisurely up to the fire. Her eye fell at once upon Peter, and she said loudly, Art not thou also one of this man Jesus' disciples? Everyone turned hastily. Peter sprang to his feet, shaking with fear. Woman, he stammered out, 
I know him not. I know not what thou meanest. Then, assuming an air of indifference, he sauntered leisurely out into the passage leading to the street, intending to slip away at the first good opportunity. As he sank down on one of the benches there to try to collect his scattered thoughts, he heard the distant crowing of a cock. "'Tis near morning,' he thought to himself. Presently he was startled by a voice. "'This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Marta told me that he came in with the other, and we all know that he is a disciple.' Peter sprang up with a smothered oath. "'What meanest thou, woman? I do not know the man.' and he wandered uneasily back into the courtyard again, though he knew not why he lingered. I may as well go back to Capernaum, he said to himself sullenly. The dream is ended. As he leaned against one of the pillars, thinking thus gloomily within himself, a man came up before him and flashed a light of a torch which he was holding full in his face. Who art thou? he asked curiously. And getting no answer to his question, he bethought himself that he had seen that face before, and lately. "'Did I not see thee in the garden with the Nazarene?' he continued. "'Thou didst not,' answered Peter stoutly. "'Surely thou art one of them,' insisted the man, who was of kin to Malchus. "'For thou art a Galilean, thy speech betrayeth it.' Stung to frenzy by these words and a horrible inward consciousness of his perfidy, the wretched man burst out into a torrent of oaths and curses. I tell thee, I know not this man of whom ye speak. And a second time he heard the crowing of the cock. He looked wildly about him that he might escape his tormentors. Suddenly he saw that they were bringing his master, bound and helpless, into the courtyard. His master, whom he had vowed to love and to follow, even to prison, and to death. And Jesus turned and looked upon him. That look sank deep into the soul of Peter. He remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. End of chapter 26